Today's interview is with Andrew Lopez. I'm so excited to speak to you. Andrew is from Orange County, California. He uses video as a vessel to connect small business owners, entrepreneurs with their ideal audience and help people connect to other people. Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions, as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. We got to know each other via LinkedIn. That seems to be the connection machine nowadays. And yeah, I'm super excited to talk a little bit more with you today. And first of all, welcome to the podcast and share a bit about yourself, about your story, what you do. Absolutely. Uh, Lydia, thank you so much. That was a perfect introduction. You nailed it. Um, Yeah, I am so glad to be here. Thank you for your enthusiasm, your time, your trust in me, and just for you know for being on Elevated Networking with me. And it's been amazing connected to be connected with you. About myself, I'm just a Southern California boy now living in the United Kingdom, who's looking to move over to mainland Europe here in a little bit. Um, I'm just trying to find some color in this black and white world, as I like to joke and say. But for me, you know, I have my my business, Elevated Shorts. I started my business in September of 2019. And, and what's funny is Elevated Shorts was a side business. I've always been around video. I worked in the information technology industry and I went to school for journalism first. And then I was told journalism isn't going to cut it. So you should go work in technology. So I did that. Listened to my father at the time. And while I was working in IT, I was always doing video stuff on the side, whether it was making videos with my friends or whether it was interviewing small business owners, as I do now, just in a different way. And it was doing the video on the side, you know, interviewing these business owners in Southern California and kind of creating these small little projects as people would kind of say, Andrew, you're actually pretty good at this. Your approach to video is actually pretty fresh. You should do this. So in September 2019, I was like, all right, I'll give myself a try. You know, I was 26 at the time and I was like, okay, here we go. You know, here's, here's the birth of elevated shorts. And that was kind of just how it, it kicked off. And obviously, you know, with the, with the beginning of the pandemic, the beginning of last year, I had to kind of embrace reinvention in a, in a lot of different ways as we all did. So I just went from filming people with my camera, the lights, you know, all the goodies of video production that all went into the closet. And I switched to simply just my MacBook, a ring light and zoom. And that's just how I've been able to capture video. And I've had a long running interview show on LinkedIn for the past year and a half. And it's now in its third version, which you've been a part of with me. And it's just kind of that, as you said, it connection is everything for me. And I think it's, video is one of the best ways that we can connect with the world. It's been, and I can get into this more later, but it's been the people of the world, like yourself, the people who I've met through the screen from all over the world who have changed my life. And I think that's why I continue to do what I do every day. So it's it's funny again how Elevated Shorts was an idea that was a side project that actually became a full-time gig that got me to travel across the world. Super interesting. Thank you for the <laughs> for your introduction and I can already see like you're very like a person who has so many different not shades but how do you say that like so many different colors as you already said like color bring color into the world. I love that by the way. 
I think when you talk, to, when people talk to you, they can already feel that, that you bring lots of openness, lots of freshness um, into the world and lots of ideas. And um, just like to get started with what you said, um, did you actually finish your, your studies, journalism, or did you start um, all the other projects um, and didn't finish journalism? No, no, I graduated 2014 journalism degree. I just was, you know, right after college, just as we all figured out, right? Oh, this is what I want to do, this is what I went to school for. And then you don't, and you go somewhere else. But it's funny is I always wanted to be on like an ESPN or, you know, a CNN type news program, which I'm not at the moment, but I still do interview people every day. So I actually found it seven years later and it all kind of came full circle. It's so cool. And it very often happens. And I think that's a beautiful example that we have an idea how it should go like everywhere in life. This is the path this is how it should go. And also where parents play a big role that they say, like, you should study that. Like my parents, my father wanted me to become a doctor, like study medicine. And I could have done it, but it was always like, mm, I'm not sure, like not really exciting. And I then actually studied something which didn't have a proper career to it, you know, like a beautiful study. I studied geography, but it was like not a proper path. But it's very often, like you also said, your father wanted you to study that. And then you did that, that, yeah, Kids learn like learn something what they should do, and but very often they end up some like doing something different or in a different way and bringing like their heart into it, like it's those little little paths we do on the side. And some people are not as lucky, I would say. Like some people end up doing something they hate for a long time. So it's amazing because you're also not very old. Like you are the generation. What is it? Generation Y, Generation something, or millennials, something like that. So. Um, I think there are a lot of people who have no idea like what they really want to do. So it seems to have worked out very well for you. And you actually do something in a much better way. Because if you work for CNN and all of those, you can't do your own thing. You know, you have to follow the script. And now you can talk and do whatever you want. Like, is this true? Or do you still feel, oh my goodness, I have to fit into a box, like entrepreneurial mindset, like I have to do it in a very specific way? Or would you say you're quite free and how you do it? Oh, I would say I, I'm free a thousand percent. You know, we have those days as entrepreneurs, right? Where we might feel alone. We 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 all go through those motions every day, right? Some days we wake up, ah, today doesn't feel as good. So we'll see how it goes. But it's the freedom. I had said this before, um, and this is something I'm really passionate about as well, is, is creativity is what has saved my life. You know, I've always been artistic. I've always been a musician. Um, I've always, music has been medicine for me and I write and I, I sing and it's one of my creative outlets. But I mean, again, to go back to the first question, you know, video was a side gig. It was, it was, it was creativity. And just again, with all the reinventions I've gone through over the last year and a half, and it, it's been creativity that has saved my life. So with that, it's, yeah, I have the days where we get punched in the nose as entrepreneurs, but it's been the creativity that has saved my life, got me on a plane from LAX to Edinburgh, Scotland, and, and, and the adventure is just, is just beginning. So it's been that creativity that, that really has been something so powerful and so just deep-rooted in me that I've just I've let shine over the last couple of years. Can you go a little bit deeper into what you mean with it saved your life? Like where there are some struggles, some challenges, and, or were you blocked for some time with creativity and then you basically found this new outlet? Like what, what do you mean? <laughs> I just mean in the sense where I think creativity can get us out of anything, whether it's a rut, whether it could be, you know, a, a bad 
relationship. And I mean it in the sense of it, it allows us to do what we want to do, not saying it has to always be art. I think there's creativity in anything that we do, you know, any profession that we do. And it's just using that creativity to get us where we want to be. I guess that's what I more so mean when I say it's something that saved my life because it it gave me the confidence. You know, I've always been that kid who was a little more conceited, a little more cocky because there was so much more going on underneath that I was afraid to share. But as I endured some things over the last couple of years and kind of faced some real things head on, it made me realize that, okay, I have confidence within me, but there's a better way that I can, I can share this. I can, I can let this light shine as opposed to something else. So that's where I, I say for me, it saved my life because I was going down a path that I should not have been going down. And I think that's where it allowed me to just fully be me. I think I was always trying to be someone else or someone was trying to be telling me to be like them. Um, so that's where, again, it, it kind of saved me from me in that sense. And it's been the most beautiful and most powerful thing for me. Mm-hmm. I would love to know more about that because you mentioned again, it would have led you down a path that wouldn't have been good. Like what do you, if you feel free to share, like I have clients who come from crazy drug addiction and stuff like that. Is it that, or is it doing like, like what? No, I just, I, when it comes to my, my family dynamic, you know, I'm, I'm a traditional kid from a broken home, you know, oldest son and just the, 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 being caught in the middle of that your whole life. I think, you know, any kid who comes from a, a broken home can always align with the sense that we feel like it's our fault. You know, when you're a four-year-old kid and you don't know where it comes from, it's like you, there's that guilt or that that pain you sit with for a long time. And just over the years, being the oldest, going through all those motions and, and being compared so much to my father, because I, I am so much like him in so many ways, even to this day, it's crazy as that might sound out loud, but I just was becoming him. My father has just been someone who's been so harsh and so, so broken in a lot of ways. And that was becoming me. You know, that was, that was the insult that I would get from my siblings and my mom. Oh, you're just like your dad. You're just like your dad. Well, you get told that a lot and you start to become that person. And it's, it's difficult. And I think just being full transparent, it was, it wasn't, It was more so just I always knew I had something else in me. You know, I've, I'm a perfect mix between my mother and my father, right? I mean, my mother is very compassionate, very emotional, just like myself. And But my father is very hard, very stern, very assertive. So I think when it comes to the business, the way that I think and the visions that I have have come more from, from my father's mindset, but how I lead with empathy and, and compassion has all come from my mother. So it's It's been a good mix of both, but I think it was just kind of that whole thing and that that whole tension back and forth. So I, I realized, and also I was always told by my father that emotions were, were weak and why would you share things like that? So I had 20 years of just suppressed emotions until, you know, a situation where he kind of no longer speaks to my sister and I over the past three years. And it was kind of that freedom in one sense, but it was realizing, oh, well, the person who always told me to suppress my feelings and my emotions is no longer around. So I now can just be me. So it's kind of that whole walkthrough again of just realizing, hey, I was expressive in the situation and I said what I needed to say and I was honest. And if certain people can't take honesty, then that's not on me. So I think that was the forgiveness that I've had to deal with over the last couple of years, thinking again, I was honest with someone who's close to me. But from there, it's... Um, realizing, was I too honest? Was it bad? Was I too expressive? You know, is that whole, whole construct in my mind. And it wasn't until last summer, you know, a program that I, I went through with, with a, a coach down in San Diego. And 
that was the weight that I was holding on to that wasn't mine. It was, I had forgiven my father for what he had done to us. And I had forgiven myself for thinking all of it was my fault. But the last piece that I was holding on to that wasn't mine was knowing that he hadn't forgiven forgiven himself. That was the backpack that I was holding on to. And I decided to take the backpack off last summer and just going off with the creativity and the freedom and, and moving mm-hmm. here. That weight has that has come off has allowed me to really just be myself. Oh, I love that. It's like yeah. goosebump, goosebump time because um, what you're speaking about is like this, what I often, well, like what my work is all about, like mindset and free your mind and become free. Like you can only be like outwardly free once you have done the inner work. And this is what, what you described so beautifully because it's a backpack no one sees, you know? And also what you said, I have experienced that myself. I grew up in a cult and for decades I had this guilt and shame because of that. But it's not necessarily what other people put on us it's something we carry by ourselves and we have to we have the choice at some point to take it off like you explained you went um, through this work with the coach and everything else and yeah it was you that you freed yourself from also the thoughts of your father and all of that so I think it's a beautiful beautiful example and I also love that you're a man and you share about emotions because it's always like the women and they are so emotional and blah 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 And no, it's not true. And I think you're like a beautiful example of that. And I hope many men listen to that episode and hear that it brings freedom. Like you are like, when you talk here, it's like the ultimate freedom expression, basically. Like to suppress means actually the opposite of freedom. And it's breaking free, like breaking free. You can express who you truly are. And yeah, you're a powerful example for that, I think. And I would love to hear a little bit more about two topics. Mm-hmm. One is the topic um, about connection. Like, why is this so important for you? Can you share again or go a little bit deeper into why do we have this huge mission of bringing color into the world and connect the whole, like, whole humanity? Why is this so important to you? I, I think, you know, to go back on a couple of things as a kid, you know, I, I've always been sensitive. I've always been emotional. Again, I just, I just, I pushed it all down. I think I was always seeking for connection though. You know, I, I always would joke and some of my friends growing up, when you're part of divorced parents, you know, it's kind of a club, you know, all my friends growing up were kids who had divorced parents. It was almost like you gravitate towards that because we're all going through the same thing. Right. That was my way of seeking connection as a kid. It was more so just like seeking to be understood. You know, there's a phrase that I say now all the time that even when I look back 22 years ago, you know, more people are listening, paying attention and seeking to be understood more than ever. And I think that was always me trying to be seeking to be understood just as a, as a young kid, you know, as a, as a teenager trying to go through all the motions and with where the world still is with us still being kind of locked down in some ways across the world. Connection is what we have. I think connection, no matter what language you speak, no matter where you're from, what you believe in deep down, we are looking to connect in some way, shape or form. And I think that's what a lot of the pandemic made us realize in some senses is we're all seeking connection. And I just took that because, you know, starting the business with how I looked at video, even when I started as a videographer, I was trying to get the lawyers and the CPAs and the more white collar professions, as we would say back home, that, that expression to kind of just say, Hey, like, instead of reading off the billboards and this and that, like, this is me, this is why you would want to work with me. So I always led with kind of expression and it was a way to connect. But again, I was just not being able to fully connect for a lot of my life. because I, we moved so much, you know, I've moved into 10 different houses and a bunch of different elementary schools and then different high schools. And for me, it was always hard to find a true connection because it was so easy just to pick up and leave. 
So just years and years of that, I just made me realize that the best people, as I said this earlier, you know, the best people that I've come to know and some of my closest friends who I, I genuinely love and, and, and feel for are people that I haven't physically met yet. They're people that I've met through the screen, through the show. And it's just, it's so powerful. You know, I used to think you can only make impact in the city that you live in. You know, and me coming from Southern California, it's huge. But I used to think you can only make an impact because you're shaking hands, passing business cards out. Hi, I'm Andrew. This is me. But when you interview, you know, over 200 people in a calendar year from all over the world, there's impact there. But it, and it's why it hangs behind me here. But I think, yes, we've impacted a lot of people with the show. But Lydia, I'll tell you the most important thing about it is how all 200 of those people have impacted this boy right here. And it's just all on connection. It's it's how how the world works. And it's just why I lead with it every day with the show and, and, and with the videos services that I do, you know, in the same light, it's all about connecting with the people that we want to. And it's one of the best things that we do as human beings. I still have the other question, but it brings me now to, to a different topic because you said like meeting people through the screen, powerful connections, like deep, yeah, deep hearted connections, helping you to grow as well personally. And what about like being an entrepreneur, traveling a lot, by the way, I love that because I also moved so many places. And recently I meet so many people who have very different but also very similar background so i love that you shared that but like hey <laughs> i know that feeling and it's true that what we have missed you know then very often it becomes part of the mission you know like mm -hmm. connection is so important for people like us nowadays because of that because of how we grew up yeah so the part of like traveling being on the road meeting people um via via screen or video what about the part of loneliness like on the one hand side it's deep connection And then, like, how do you deal with that? Like you said in the beginning already, hey, sometimes I wake up and it's powerful, it's amazing, perhaps I meet amazing people. Yeah, and how is it as an entrepreneur where we don't go into an office and meet 50 colleagues there? How is the topic of um, loneliness or feeling or being alone? Like, what could you say about that? Your experience, perhaps also your tips and tricks around that? I think entrepreneurship, we all feel, is a lonely journey because People around us, whether it's our family or our dearest friends who aren't doing it with us, we feel alone. And I think that was kind of, you know, back in September of 2019, when I started Elevated Shorts, that was kind of the first thought, like, all right, you know, there's all these video production companies out here, but the people around me, you know, my family, my friends, Andrew, why the hell are you doing this, man? Like, just go work somewhere else or keep working at the IT company. Like, so there's always some sort of, I feel like, loneliness in that sense of even though there's so many entrepreneurs all over the world i think that was that was the ha, -ha moment but for me now and, and with that post and, and just talking about it i'm five 5500 miles from home right southern california i'm halfway across the world currently and i think i've never lived anywhere but i've also never been this far from home you know i went to boise state in idaho for school for two years and you know went on some summer trips across the country but you know ne never anything just You, you close the door and realize, okay, this is my home now. Like never really felt that. But with what I'm trying to do, I know with, with the way that I look at video as a vessel and the way that I talk about it and, and how my show is so short and the, the way that I see, you know, shows and podcasts is, is very different from a lot of folks. There's times where I really feel alone in that journey, but also just being myself, you know, the biggest, and this is something is kind of one of the biggest challenges that I've faced, but, you know, I have this astronaut right here, right? This, this was a little a toy that came in one of my favorite bands vinyl set back in 2011. And he's always been kind of here with me. And 
that's me essentially. Like I'm this lonely astronaut that's kind of traveling the world for this on this mission, you know, this mission for connection across the world. And there are times where I feel like I'm just in a rocket ship by myself, no one around. But what's funny is, you know, kind of the symbolism behind this, how it sits on the never walk alone, which has been such a powerful phrase to me. So even though I might feel like I'm in a rocket ship or I'm standing on the moon alone, I know that I'm not alone because I have my family, my friends, the people there that are supporting me every day. So it's kind of that double, right, where we feel alone. And and I think it's just because, again, I'm, I'm traveling the world. I've never done it before. I'm going to go to mainland Europe here in, in about 10 weeks. And it's it's exciting, but it's also scary as hell, I'll tell you, because again, I've never been there. It's that whole thing. I think the biggest thing for me moving here first was, can I be myself somewhere else? Everyone has gotten to know me through the screen. Hey, that's Andrew. He's got this show. He's expressive. He's got his videos, this and that, but they haven't seen me in person. Like, is it just, I'm being myself. You know, if you, you and I were sitting having coffee right now, you're going to get the same Andrew Lopez you're getting right now. But it was that fear of, am I just being the foreigner? I've never been the foreigner before. You know, yeah, I went to Mexico on a cruise and I went to, you know, Canada on a cruise, but you know, you're American. Like, oh yeah, you're an American boy from Southern California. When you come to the UK or, you know, you go to mainland Europe, like, yeah, the Californian, but at the same time, it's like, oh, the American, like, am I, in the way that I was always, you know, can I be myself somewhere else? But it was like, can I be the expressive, open, vulnerable man that I am? Or am I just going to be looked at as, oh, who's this American sad boy who lives here now? Like it, that kind of interesting, right? And that that's where I've, I've felt alone in that journey. And I know that I'm not, but that was kind of the whole premise of, of that post and, and what I talk about, because I I do feel that, you know, it's one of those moments where I'll wake up again. I live with my sister and my brother-in-law and, it, you know, so grateful that I have them to be here, but I'm just saying on that journey, on that entrepreneurial journey, what I'm trying to do, what I'm looking to build this fall, I do feel alone sometimes. But again, I think it's just part of being an entrepreneur. There might be things that you're trying to create with your business and your coaching, and you might be like, oh, no one's really doing that. You know, I'm excited, but ugh, you know, it's it's kind of that that trapped emotion that's always there. But I just embrace it. I endure it. I I let it happen. And that's me. So to the to the astronaut here, that is that is me sitting here and and on my own mission. Yeah, but also not alone. Yeah, I love that, and I love that you bring up um, that like one thing that you are so vulnerable when you like vulnerably share that because I think many people like that's again coming back to the expressiveness that you have. Like so many people, so many entrepreneurs, like we all go through the same shit. We all go through it, but very few people, especially when it comes to to the entrepreneurial bubble, you know, some people like don't go even so far to become aware of it. That's one thing. So it's just all repressed, all those feelings. Some people then become aware of it, but then are too shy to talk about it. And still like, you know, in Instagram world and like Instagram time and Facebook, like they all show the perfect me basically, you know, and not a lot of people really talk about what's really going on. And I think that's That also is big part of like powerful leadership to share like, hey, we have the good times and we have the bad times and be open with that and be vulnerable with that. And it's one of those paradoxes of so many that I think we have in entrepreneurship and really 
brings us to face the deepest shadows of ourselves. Being alone while being deeply connected, we have an interconnected world like we have never had before, but still more and more people feel loneliness because we don't have this tribal structure anymore of like big families living together. Like, so there are so many reasons for it. We have big shifts on the world and we have to talk about this because more and more people, sorry, I'm going off on a rant here, but More and more people, you know, like mental health, all of that becomes a bigger issue. So I think it's powerful to speak about that and share like, yes, of course I'm lonely sometimes. Like, of course I am lonely sometimes, even though I live with my loving partner, I have loving family, friends, all of that. And still it can happen because of what you said about the journey that you have to go alone, because some people have no idea what it, what it means to build a business. You don't get your paycheck every month. You have to make it work. You have to keep going. You have to come up with new ideas. So I think that's another, like, there are so many paradoxes also between freedom. Like everyone says like freedom as an entrepreneur and just the money comes and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, there is also, you have to be committed. You know, there, there's so many paradoxes and being like loneliness and being connected is one of them, as you shared beautifully. And I think like needing to make money with your business while being all this empathetic and sensitive person. And that would be my, my next question for you. Like so many highly sensitive and empathic people, they struggle with making money. It's another paradox, you know, like I want to be there for the world and, you know, but at the same time, I want to make money. Like my business needs to make money. Otherwise it's a charity and not a, not a business. So Yeah, thank you for being so open and being so brave to bring up those topics because not many people do. So now, long talk short, can you talk a little bit more about being being sensitive or like being emotional, being empathetic and how this impacts your business, if it makes it easier, more difficult? Like, what's your story around that? Oh, of course. You know, as I kind of talked about in the beginning, you know, I've always been emotional. I've always been empathetic i never knew how to handle it though i think it was just years and years and years of just trapped emotion pushed deep down inside and it wasn't until about yeah late 2018 early 2019 kind of right before i started the business is when i realized that you know i just need to start leading with more empathy in anything that i do whether it's my relationship with my friends my family professionally you know going back to connection it was one of those things where this is a way we connect and it might be different One of my dearest friends and, and one of my heroes in this world, uh, Miss Leilani Kire, she's an HR professional and she's one of my dearest friends. And she's shown me how to lead with the feminine energy in this world, love, compassion, kindness. Just she has been that guiding light for me over the last couple of years. And it's how she leads with that character. She leads with that empathy in all that she does. Yes, she's in HR, so sometimes it gets a little much just with dealing with employees and, and employers in, in her field. But even as a human being, it's how she leads with empathy. And, and meeting her a couple of years ago and watching her do that live in her life, and it moved me in such a way. So she passed that over to me, you know, as a 27-year-old boy at the time, you know. So that is why she's one of my heroes. And I know she knows this, but I, I love saying it because it's it's changed me so much. So that's where having Leilani show that to me, it just, it kind of sparked this whole thing. You know, it's funny. She was my first episode on reinvention daily, which is what sparked this whole journey that I've had for the last year and a half because of that. Like, it was like, let's lead with expression. Let's lead with empathy. And Leilani, you're, you're first, like whatever, wherever the show goes, whether it's two episodes, which reinvention daily ended up being six seasons for six months, then elevated conversations was six more months. And then now elevated networking has been, you know, a couple of weeks, but 
it, it was that. So in that, you know, empathy, I think it's one of the, another one of the best forms of connection we have. We can empathize with people. We can see people. We can feel people. We can hear people. I think that's what we're all looking for in some way, shape, or form. There's a quote, and I always mess it up, but I'll just always say the last line. I can't remember who the, the writer or the poet was, but no feeling is final. I think when I realized that, I realized I can embrace the feelings that come to me. Joy, sadness, beauty, terror, anger, fear, anxiety. No feeling has to be final. And I think once I realized that, like, I can feel this for today. I'm having a bad day. Let me just feel it. Let me clear my calendar. I'm going to take the day. But it's, I think where the difference is, is even as empaths, right, is sometimes we can let those emotions take the wheel and we become the passenger. And I think that's when it gets bad or that's when it can get too much. So for me, I just, I let myself feel whatever it is. And I feel multiple emotions every day as we feel happiness, joy, maybe some doubts. I just, I let it all happen. But then when I go to bed at night and I shake hands with myself, I try not to take it. You know, there's obviously bigger things that happen in life. And I'm not trying to say something traumatic happens to you, just deal with it and move on. I just mean, just with me, I just embrace everything and and no feeling is final. So it's, it's almost a gift and a curse right at the same time, because there are days where I'll get caught up in just empathy with people. I'll have conversations and I'll have things that I want to do, but I empathetically feel or a conversation can go somewhere or I'm inspired. So it, it, it's almost like, empathetic ADD sometimes for me. It's where like, I'll feel something, but then I'll feel something stronger. So then the other feeling that's still strong is taken over by something else. And I'll just actually like, I'll sidestep it or I'll compartmentalize. Okay. I can deal with this later. I'm going to roll with that. So, but where it's so powerful for me is because I'm so empathetic because I lead with empathy. The show is all about empathy and connection. The video that I capture and that I help people with is all around expression and empathy. I show and tell people to really just lead with themselves. So I use the empathy professionally to kind of just to go back. But in that sense, it's difficult sometimes. It can be a lot. But I think that's been the biggest thing is realizing that no feeling is final and does not become the passenger to an emotion and let, let it take us for the ride. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are two powerful, powerful, powerful um, phrases or sentences. And it sums it up very nicely because we have so, like, I have so many people who are empaths or highly sensitive. And that's a big struggle. You know, it's not only that you feel your own feelings, huh? You feel mm-hmm. all the feelings from other people as well. And yeah, and sometimes, and this is perhaps why you combine like feminine and masculine principles beautifully. You know, the feminine would just be like flow with the feelings the whole day and go, 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 go. And you're totally overwhelmed. And then you have those like, Reminders for yourself, okay, all feelings are final. Once you have processed them, they are not there anymore. That's emotion. They are in motion. And the other thing of like, don't let them take the real um, like passenger or like the, the real seat, whatever you said, you know, like let them go with you, but you are still in the driver's seat. And I think the more you probably become aware of that and implement that or have it in the back of your mind, then you basically, you unite the two forces. And um, yeah, and still, sometimes we can still get overwhelmed by feelings. And I think that's okay. There are moments of grief. There are moments of goodbye. Like you, like when we travel, you know, say, say goodbye to people, say goodbye to places. Like, of course, it can be longer than just like, hey, sit there for 10 minutes and then you're done. Like, of course not. 
that would be toxic or weak. You know, the, the powerful thing is like, yeah, take as long as it takes, but you are in the driver's seat. So I think that's a beautiful way of expressing it or a beautiful tip for other people who struggle with that. And with that, I would like, um, because I like about the money mindset, um, what I said before, another paradox is that we are all empathetic and we do this because we want to help people and have such a beautiful mission. How do you deal with the, the thing that you also have to make money with your business? Like, is it easy for you? Is money mindset something that just money is always there, easy? Um, has it been a journey being an entrepreneur and making money? Like, share a little bit about your struggles and best tips. Yeah, of course. I think what's been hardest when it comes to the money situation with anything is, is how to price something. You know, yeah, I, I'm a video production company, so I could go down the route of I'm just going to charge per hour to put these stuff together, you know, or it's because I do things so differently, even to go back to loneliness. I know that I, there's other people that probably do the same thing I do, but just in my circle and the people that I talk to all the time, the way that I look at video is so different. So what's been hard for me is it's, it's how do you price it? How do you package it? Because again, with embracing feelings, I've also embraced how the world has been. So you know, I, I use that word reinvention. That's kind of been my, my big word. And I realized that I can reinvent at any time, not change my hair, change my name, reinvention, but just, you know, adjust and, and kind of, you know, pivot. It's not really a word of mine. I, I, I like the more grandiose word of reinvention, just because it's been so deep with me, with the show and you know, I had my friend Mari in Denmark start reinvention Europe a couple months ago, and I have reinvention Africa. So reinvention to me is just so, so powerful. But when you realize that you can kind of steer into the skid, as, as I like to say as well, that, that's kind of what it was, you know, putting all the stuff in the closet, never touching the equipment again, steering into the skid of the virtual. But if you snap your fingers tomorrow and life goes back to normal, I wouldn't go get my camera again. Like, this is how I've connected. This is how, this is what is empathetically and it's felt the most real to me and how I do that. But to go on the money question again, it's how to price something. It's like, I have this art, right? Like I, I look at all these things as art projects because I'm into art, but it's like, this is my art project. I have my art, but now how do I communicate that art? How do I communicate it with the world? How do I share it? How do I price the art is kind of what I've always gone through. I think I have it now, but that's been the continuous journey over the last year and a half is I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Everything that I've done has stemmed off of the show. So no matter what happens, the show that I have will always go on because I've created everything out of my show. That's my stage. You know, I think it was Morrissey that said the line, but, you know, elevated networking now, but the version of the show, me sitting with three minutes for someone, that that's my stage and my platform that no one can take away from me. So no matter what I do, I can always have that to fall back on. And again, it's just what I'm building with this new networking platform this fall. Like everything comes down to what I do in those three minutes in, in those conversations that I have. That's kind of what it has been. So I guess I never thought looking back that you could monetize that process. But I've, I think I've found how to do it. And it's, just, it's, it's interesting because you're right. You know, you would think that money should be for more hard services like lawyer and, you know, accountants, like things that your business would, would need, but your business needs, you know, I'm not really in the marketing world, but your business needs that exposure, that, that expression, that, that openness. So I think it's something that really only could be done in the times that we're in, that we've endured. Uh, so yeah, that's, if that answers it, that's, that's kind of been the, the walkthrough of figuring out, you know, how do you put a price on mm. expression? 
Mm, yeah. yeah, but it seems to have worked for, for you so far because you're traveling, you're safe, you can do whatever you want. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems you have made it work. There's so, like many sensitives I, I interview or also I work with, it's a struggle, you know, it's for them. It's really like, I really want to just, I want to help the world. I want to be there for everyone. But wow, you should give this for free. And like what you say, it doesn't sound like I should give this for free. It sounded more like, okay, you know, like that's a service. It's nice. But how do you actually articulate it? And, and what is the service there? And then, yeah, what like we didn't have those businesses before. Like 100 years ago, we didn't have that, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you have to create it from, from zero and come up with, with a price for that service. That's so true. I'm a giver, right? And I think that going back to the empath, like I'm a giver and I... I give a lot, but I think a lot of it comes from the show. That's my biggest give, right? When you think about it and just the way that I do that. And, and that's why I keep the show going for the reason of connection, but also it's, it's my walking billboard. If you think about it, right? like as a host and, you know, I do it every day and it's kind of like, Oh, Andrew, do you have any examples of what you do? Oh yeah. Here's, you know, 200, 237 episodes that I've done myself. Like, here's the process. So it's like, that's how I've kind of, change that you know not where we are today is is saying hey this is kind of what i do this is how i do it this is the process and i always you know i'll I'll give here and there but it's kind of protecting that light i think you know realizing that this is our light what you do is your light and it's putting a price on on you and not necessarily the service and i think that was the shift big time it's not you know it's not really exactly always what we fully do it's us and it's putting a price on ourselves. Yeah. See, I've always thought that, but I've actually just came out that way. Mm. So. Yeah. And that's what people struggle with. Like it's, this is why some people are so good in selling services for other people. Like they are amazing salespeople, bam, 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 thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands. But once they have to sell their own product, like themselves, then they like, it's not working. So Yeah, you seem to have managed that. And I think it's beautiful. Like, it is so subtle. Like, you have your show. And of course, people see, oh, it's amazing. I also want this connection piece in business. Like, this is how I would say it. Like, people want more connection. People want more visibility. But they just don't want boring videos or something. So here you are. And you can show, like, create everything with them, for them, based on empathy, based on connection. And have, like, yeah, create massive visibility for them. So that's how I would see your your service. And obviously, it comes through you like people i need to like you in order to want that and if i don't resonate with you it's like of course i go to someone else that's why i came up with that phrase i don't even know where i got it but i think i just kind of it came from i think a video that i watched of one of my favorite musicians he said the word vessel he's like this guitar is my vessel to communicate with the world and i was like i like that oh it's solid and so for me i was like oh video as a vessel oh because again i think when it comes to video, a lot of us think of, and I say this all the time, <laughs> I got this from Arch Houston um, in San Diego. And he was like, his question to me one time in, in one of our sessions was, Andrew, are you doing this for purpose or performance? And the way that he asked it was so genuine, but it was also so like through the heart, like, oh, am I getting caught up in the performance of something or am I doing this for the purpose? So when I say video as a vessel, I basically just mean video for for a purpose, and that's the purpose of connection. I believe that with video, no matter how you use it, it, you can use it the way that I use it or just any way, it's a tool for connection and not a tool for performance. I know I'm an outcast (laughs) by the way that I say that, but that is what it is. is When we can connect, whether it's asking someone one question or asking someone 
you know, having a, having a show like mine, just asking one question, using that as the connection tool to let it do its thing. We can see, we can feel, we can hear, we can understand, I think the best. So that is where I just kind of said video is a vessel. And that's kind of, again, it's, it's a vessel for connection. Anything you post on LinkedIn can be a vessel for connection. I just think video is the best for me because of the times and because of how people have received my show the last year and a half. It's not about having a hundred thousand followers. It's not about, it's about what you do with the people that come to you. That's why I call it the engagement machine. It's what I do with the people that come to our episodes and what we do with that as the receivers. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I have one more big question. Like what is like one of your main or like the big goal, the big desire between everything you do now, like just part of your vision. Can you share something with us? Like, The, where would you see yourself in 10 years or whatever? It doesn't matter. But My goal, and this is something that has actually come up as I've been here in the UK the last 10 weeks, um, a lot of personal growth, a lot of professional growth. It's funny real fast how a change of scenery can do so much for a human being. So I thank the UK already for how it's changed me. But some opportunities that have come up that have kind of fell through, but it's been me kind of taking a hold of that. So what I see for myself, especially recently, And then also looking back with the show and what the show has done, my goal is to just unite the small business owners of the world. It's how I've built my business. It's how I've built my brand. It's how I've just built my own personal well-being over the last year and a half is I just want to bring together the small business owners of the world. There's a couple of different avenues I'm, I'm, I'm looking to do, but five years from now, 10 years from now, I hope that I could build a platform or a service where people can come together. So if you're a small coach in Italy, you can easily work together with someone in South of France. Or if you're in the United Kingdom, you can very easily work with someone in Australia. Like just more so just bring the people together, especially the small business owners like yourself and myself who have to do so much extra to put ourselves out there. I think a lot of people realize, but don't fully understand the work that we have to put in as small business owners. Yes, it's a lonely journey. Yes, we make the choice to do it for the impact we're hoping to create. But I think there's ways that we can better connect. And I hope to be one of those guiding lights or one of those heroes that can bring together those folks. So whether that is here in Europe, whether that is, you know, no matter, no matter where I am physically, It's something that can be done from anywhere. So that's kind of, without giving away too much, because I'm still formulating a couple of things, that is what I'm looking to hope to be in the near future, but even in the distant future. I just want to be that, that beacon of hope and that um, to bring impact to the small business owners of the world. Yeah, I love this. There is lots of hope in, in what you say and lots of connection, lots of, like what you speak about right now is like, I hear like synergy instead of doing everything by yourself. Let's unite and <laughs> create powerful force, basically. And so small business owners of the world never have to walk alone. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> yep. Okay. Last question. Any tips and tricks you still want to share for other small business owners, for other entrepreneurs? Yeah. I mean, there's always a couple. There's a couple lines that I always love to share with everyone. The first one, when it comes to video, no matter where you are in the world, don't be afraid to press play. I know we get caught up and, oh, just not going to look good or well, I don't have the same background that Andrew does. Just press play. Um, more people are listening, paying attention, seeking to be understood more than ever. So if you're thinking about video, if you're thinking about maybe starting that podcast, starting that show, damn it, just press play. 
the first episode is always going to be ugly. It's always going to be, you're going to be nervous. Just press play, start the conversation, share that with the world. Another phrase that I always love to use, it's one of my favorite songs, is control what you can, confront what you can't, but always remember how lucky you are to have yourself. I think that's been the theme with a lot of these questions. Is just Can you repeat this, please? Yeah, so it's control what you can, confront what you can't, and always remember how lucky you are to have yourself. It's the bridge of a song. The song is called Unlost by the Main. That's been one of my favorite songs, but it's been that line mainly. Control what you can, confront what you can't. I think going back to the passenger stuff and, and all the emotion stuff, it's, it's controlling what I can, but confronting what I can't and kind of making those adjustments and changes. And then the last one I got from Arch Fuston, again, you know, coach down in, in San Diego. When it comes to anything that we do, anything that we share on, on LinkedIn, on social media, always remember just simply just to share and don't compare. And I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do is simply just to share our voice mm. and not compare. Yeah. I love that. That's powerful. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for your vulnerability, your openness, your energy, all of that. Thank you for your interview with me here. Absolutely. Lydia, thank you so much for your enthusiasm, your time and your trust. Much love to you and all you do. Thank you. Yes. See you next time. Did you like this podcast episode? Then I would be super, super grateful if you gave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Super helpful. And please subscribe to the podcast and share it with people who you know can benefit from it. You can find all links to my social media profiles, my website and contact form in the show notes. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, and that means you want to live a life of more on all levels, then send me a message with where you want to go and what is keeping you where you are, like what keeps you stuck at the moment. And then I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode, much love to you, Lydia. Lydia.